0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm excited that you're joining with us on this great radio station. Now you have this to look forward to in today's message on Hope for the Day. And he is Christ the Lord, and he has come for all. Not just the religious, but the irreligious. Not just the noble, but the ignoble. Not just the wealthy, but also the poor. Not just the educated, but the uneducated. Not just the worthy, but the, also the unworthy. And I guess in the midst of all of it, what we realize is that we're really all unworthy. That when you really come in contact with, or come in uh, the presence of a holy God, a perfect God, the great creator, the one who has made all things, man, we've all fallen short. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. As the Christmas season comes upon us, there is much that we can expect. Christmas carols will be sung, Christmas decorations will be hung, Christmas presents will be wrapped and unwrapped, and Christmas cards will be sent and received. But even with so much that we can expect, there is also much that comes to us unexpectedly. Sometimes it is an unexpected layoff, other times it is an unexpected illness or even an unexpected family disagreement. So what are we supposed to do with these unexpected surprises that come to us each Christmas? Well, in this sermon series, we'll be looking closely at the first Christmas and all of the unexpected events connected to it to better understand how we are to respond to all of the unexpected events which will come to us this Christmas. I want to tell you about a night long ago that changed my life forever. But before I can tell you about that night, I have to tell you a little about myself. You see, I haven't always been a shepherd. In fact, I was an artisan by trade. It's what I had always planned to do. Silver and gold were my specialties. I've created some of the finest work you could see in all of Jerusalem. But when the economy soured, people didn't have the money to buy my work anymore. And I found myself without work. It was a tough time. I guess I should be grateful that I have this job, but I'm not. You see, being a shepherd is crummy work. People don't exactly look at you as if you were someone to be respected. Did you know that I can't give testimony in court because I'm not viewed as someone with credibility? Did you know that um, I'm not even allowed in the temple because I'm viewed as being ceremonially unclean? What does ceremonially unclean mean anyway? I mean, those people, they're a bunch of hypocrites. That's what they are. Hypocrites, I tell you. And did did I also mention the sheep? Goodness. They couldn't be any dumber than they are. The the nights that I spend with them are the most boring nights that I've ever experienced in all of my life. I found myself at times just praying a wolf would come along, so something exciting would happen. The nights are long, they're cold, they're often wet, and then the sheep, they stink. And since they stink, then guess what? That means that I stink as well. I was able to provide for my family but I was never there to enjoy what I had provided for them. I guess my wife, she stayed with me longer than I thought she would. She stayed with me longer than I probably would have stayed with me. It just got to be too much. She had to do what I told her she would never do, go back to work. We just didn't make enough money anymore. My wages were low, my hours were long, not to mention the smell again, I came home one day, she was gone, so were the kids. That was my life when I found myself on that fateful night sitting on the hillside. It was cold, it was wet, it was dark, and all of a sudden something inside of me just broke. I'd never had anything like this happen before, but when it happened, I couldn't stop crying. The weeping just continued on and on and on I must have wept for 30 or 40 minutes I couldn't even open my eyes and then all of a sudden there was this bright light and it went everywhere I thought it's too early for the sun to already rise and I looked up and there before me wasn't the sun it was an angel I was terrified now I'd never seen an angel before in my life but you know an angel when you see an angel Immediately he said to me, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that is for all people. In the town of David, a Savior has been born, who is the Christ, the Messiah. Now, I hadn't received good news in years. And so I didn't, I mean, I would have no good news if it had hit me in the face. And he's saying, good news, the Savior has been born. And then he went on and he said, and this will be a sign unto you. This child, he'll be wrapped in swaddling. He'll be lying in a manger. I thought, a sign. What is this a sign of? What is the sign pointing towards? And as quickly as there was one angel, there was a multitude of, of angels, more than I could count. And they were singing, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, on whom God's favor rests. God's favor. I regressed back into my mind and I was thinking about God's favor I haven't had any of God's favor on me and then they were gone I looked around me I guess the commotion of it all had drawn in some other shepherds on this field and they were all we all they had all seen it they had all heard it and we began to talk amongst ourselves about what we had seen and what it is that that we had heard and we decided that we had to go to Bethlehem We had to see if what they told us was actually true. We immediately ran. We set out for Bethlehem, but as we were running, I was thinking of what the angel had told me. This will be a sign to you. The baby will be lying in a manger. There couldn't be a worse place for a baby to be born than a stable. What does this mean? Why is this a sign? We expected the Messiah to come one day, but in the clouds, in a palace, but not in a Not in a manger. We thought that the Messiah would come one day for the noble, for the religious, for the wealthy, for the educated, but this setting was none of those things. What was he saying this is a sign of? And then it hit me. He said, this will be a sign to you that this Messiah... He hadn't just come for the noble, but also the ignoble, not just the religious, but the irreligious, not just the educated, but also the uneducated, not just the wealthy, but also the poor, not just the the important people, but even people like me. He had come for all of us, and then we came upon the stable where we found the child. He was lying there. There was something different about him. I don't know why we all did it, but we did. As soon as we came into his presence, we knew that we weren't just in the presence of a baby, but a king. We all knelt and bowed before him. There was something different about him, and there would be something different about all of us after we came in contact with him. And there has been ever since that day, ever since I received that news, my life has never been the same since that where there was once anxiety, there is now peace, where there was once anger, there is joy, where there was once hatred, there is now love. I'm a totally different person. I don't care about the job that I do because I am not what I do. I'm who he said I was. One who had God's favor upon him. And my wife and I, we've started to reconnect. We're talking. It's going to work out. One of the first things she said to me, though, was, there's something different about you. And she was right. There is something different about me. My life has never been the same since that glorious night. And friends... I want you to know that if you were to encounter that same Jesus that I encountered on that faithful night, then your life will not be the same ever again. How could it be? That glorious night changed me forever, and it can change you too. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives and we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. I don't know who you all are letting people like that on the stage, but geez, you'll let anybody up here. Anyhow, it it was about, ah, man, it must have been 30 years ago. My family and I were at a water park, and on this particular park, there there was a slide. And for sure, things are different now than they were then, because this slide was not safe in any way, shape, or form. It was tall, it was steep, it was fast, and I had to go down it. And so I got one of the sleds that, that they gave you when you were going down this slide, and I began to haul it up the staircase. And again, I was only about eight years old, so, you know, this was going to be a tough climb to get this weighty sled up the stairs to the top there where, you, where they eventually let you go down. But about halfway up, a lifeguard ran and grabbed me and said, son, hold on, hold on. Would you come here? And I thought to myself, well, why do I need to go down? I'm trying to go up. And he wanted me to come down to him though. And he said, I need to take you over to the sign. And what they had over there was this cardboard cutout of a person with a hand stuck out like this. You see, you had to be this tall to go on that slide. And so immediately as I'm walking over, I'm spiking up my hair. It hasn't been down since. I'm spiking up my hair, I'm walking on my toes. My posture was perfect because I wanted to go down that slide. But I realized very quickly that I wasn't tall enough. And that slide, it was for some people that were there that day. It might have even have been for most of the people that were there that day. But it wasn't for all of the people that were there that day. There were certain limits on who could go down it and who couldn't. And our world is full of limits. We have speed limits and weight limits. And we have, our clothes have size limits. And even certain things have age limits. What happens is is that sometimes we will take those things, the limits of this world, and we'll apply them to God as well. That God, he's for some people, he's for most people, but he's not maybe, he's not for all people. Maybe you might even say he's not for me. And we know that we feel this away when we say certain phrases. You now, I had a friend of mine in college who I would say those phrases to periodically. He, he lived across from me in the dorm uh, that was across, across the hallway from me, and his name was Matt. And Matt was a Christian. I mean, he was a Christian. He was like a Shiite Christian. I mean, he was all in on being a Christian. The dude, whew. But he would tell you all of the time about how Jesus had changed his life. And Jesus had changed his life, no doubt about it. I mean, but that's another story. But Jesus had made a big difference in who he was. And he wanted Jesus to make a big difference in everyone else's life as well. So he was always telling you about this Jesus who he believed in, which I didn't believe in at that particular time. but certainly not in the way that I believe in him today. And so he would tell me about Jesus, and then I would say, well, you know, man, I'm, I'm not really sure. I think I need to get a little bit more of my life together. I, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm doing a lot of these other things. I don't need to stop doing those things in order to do these, these things that I'm supposed to do. What I was really saying was is that Jesus was for some people. He might have even been for most people. But he wasn't for all people. He wasn't for me. And you know you have this type of a belief system in you. If you say phrases like, I want to get back to church, but I just don't have the time. Like any of us have time. Nobody has time. We're all busy. We're constantly doing things. If you say something like that, what you're really saying is, is like Jesus, you, Jesus is for people and church is for some people, but it's the kind of people that don't have kids, they don't get married, and they go live in a monastery somewhere. Like that's who he's for. They're the ones that actually have time. Or you say something like, I will get serious about God when I get my life together. When I stop doing the things that I shouldn't do and I start doing the things that I should do, when I stop saying these things and I stop watching these movies and I stop going to these places and maybe I stop hanging around these people so I can hang around other people and I can watch other movies and I can listen to different kinds of music and I can talk a totally different way. When I get it all together, then it'll be an easier transition. I've done too many bad things for God to care about me, for God to use me, for me to have a purpose from God. It just seems like the world has a little bit more for me. My job has a little bit more for me. Maybe this particular place in life has a little bit more for me. I, I just don't think that God can use me. I'm just not that kind of a person. What we're saying is, is that God's for some. He might be for most, but he's not for all. And that was as true for us today. That is as true for us today as it was for the shepherds in their day. You know, as we said, their their testimony wasn't even permissible in court. The prostitutes hung around the fields that they worked because some of the shepherds were their best clients. It was known that shepherds weren't necessarily the most honest of people. They didn't always keep their sheep grazing on the right fields, if you know what I'm saying. Sometimes they let them wander. They didn't have the best reputation. They were the kind of people that if the Messiah was going to forget anyone, he would probably forget them. And then the angel appeared to them. And the angel said, do not be afraid. Because when they, when they, figured, when they came in contact with the supernatural, they, they knew what was coming, and what was coming was judgment. But he says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. And this good news... Ought to lead to great joy because when you really understand the good news, you can't help but be joyful. That will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is Christ the Lord. And He has come for all, not just the religious. But the irreligious, not just the noble, but the ignoble, not just the wealthy, but also the poor, not just the educated, but the uneducated, not just the worthy, but also the unworthy. And I guess in the midst of all of it, what we realize is that we're really all unworthy. That when you really come in contact with, come in uh, the presence of a holy God, a perfect God, the great creator, the one who has made all things, man, we've all fallen short. We're made in his image not in the image of one another. Now, if we're made in the image of one another, then yeah, you know, some of us will measure up, some of us won't, but we're not made in the image of each other. We're made in the image of God. In other words, he's our standard, and we've all fallen short of his glory. And that's why Christ came for all people. Peter says it this way, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. In other words, he received what we deserved, and we received what he deserved. And maybe you come here today. And you've been attending church your entire life. Maybe you're someone who's never attended church in your life. Maybe you're someone who's been married for multiple years, or maybe you've been married for multiple times. Maybe you have things that you did years ago that you regret. Maybe you have things that you did hours ago that you regret. No matter how you come into this place, he came for all of us. And when we come in here and we don't feel like we belong, That maybe somewhere along the line, we've lost sight of that good news that ought to bring great joy. Because that good news is for all people. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Well, there's some principles of salvation that we need to understand that go along with what we're talking about here. The first principle of salvation that we have to understand is that all are welcome. No matter where you come from, when it comes to coming to God, all are welcome. Everyone can come, no matter what your class is, no matter what degrees you have, no matter what kind of a house you live in or don't live in, or what kind of car you drive, no matter what, whatever it is that the world looks to that often segregates us, race included, all are welcome. All are welcome. The Bible says this, all who call on the Lord's name will be saved. You see, we're not talking about universalism here. Like it doesn't get you saved, but all are welcome. About a year and a half ago, we had a gentleman come to our church and he, he was of the Muslim background. He had lost all of his paperwork. He was going to get deported, but it was because of the help of some of you that we were able to help him and assist him and guide him and direct him to go to the right offices, to fill out the right paperwork, to get to a place where he could stay here. All are welcome. He didn't come to believe in Jesus, but all are welcome, and we're going to help all that we can. The second principle of salvation is that all can meet the requirement. You see, again, it's not universalism because there is a requirement. And what is the requirement? John chapter 3, verse 16 says it this way, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us a gift. And what is the gift? The gift is his son, his one and only son. And here's the requirement, that whoever, whoever, anyone, everyone, all of us, Who believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And everyone can meet that requirement. You just have to believe. You just have to trust. You just have to have faith. And you can get in. And when you believe, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your mouth, that it ought to lead to this verbal confession Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in Acts chapter 2, Peter, he is preaching this message with these principles of salvation. And he's preaching it to all of the people who are there. And as he's preaching this message to them, they are cut to the heart. And Acts chapter 2 says it this way. When they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, the brothers, because they believed, what shall we do? We know there's something to this. we know there's something to him. We know He's not come for some of us. He's come for all of us. What shall we do? Repent and be baptized. every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, some of you may be, some of you haven't been baptized. and I'm going to get a little ahead of us here, but in February, we are going to have a baptism Sunday, and we just want everyone. Everyone who has believed but hasn't taken that step to be immersed. To take that step. To be immersed. To talk to us about what you need to understand in order for you to take that step. Because everyone who believed, they expressed their faith, their belief in this act of immersion and baptism. That as you place yourself in someone else's hands, and we can all do that. That you're dying to yourself that you might be raised to life in Jesus, that you might truly be different in him. And we can all do that. And the third principle of salvation is that all get in the same way. The world is full of many paths, paths that we can all take. But Jesus said narrow is the way. Narrow is God's way. Why is it narrow? Not because he wants it to be hard. No, 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 no. He wants it to be simple. You know, if we had three paths, we'd probably want four. If we had five, we'd probably want six. We're never content. And so Jesus just made it really simple. He said, here's one. And I am that path. I am that way. And the truth. And the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And God, he has given us this gift because we deserve it no because this sounds fair god's not worried about fair fair went away a long long time ago fair went away in eden but god began to reconcile back to himself us not because it was fair but because he loved us in Romans chapter five, verse eight, it said, but God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were the ones who deserve punishment, while we were the ones who deserve judgment, while we were the marginalized, while we were the outcast, while we were the one who shouldn't make it in, Christ died for us so that way we would make it in the God's heavenly abode. And is that fair? No, that's grace. Is that fair? No, that's salvation. Is that fair? No, that's forgiveness. Is that fair? No, that's compassion. Is that fair? No, that is mercy. Here's the thing people ask, do good people go to heaven? No, saved people do. Do good people go to heaven? No, forgiven people do. And that is the gift that we have been given from God. There's a new phenomenon that's taking place as people um, plan celebrations. Sometimes you'll go to a party, and when you go to the party, there'll be a gift waiting on you there. But this new phenomenon is actually for people to- Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. My hope is that the words spoken gave you some encouragement and will help you get through this day. Valley View Christian Church is located in the Denver Metropolitan Area, just southwest of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. If you live here or are just visiting, we'd love to connect with you. Please come and attend one of our Sunday services at 9 or 10.30 a.m. And when you do, please come and say hi to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. And also remember, the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. We look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.